Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Wake up in the morning feeling like Okay, now the tough question. Is this a try? Yes or no? Just because I'm a woman. Hello, friends. Hello, everybody. It's Christmas week. It is Christmas week. How has that happened? <laughs> I feel like it doesn't really feel like Christmas because of everything that's going on, but it is like just cling to the little things that make you feel Christmassy. So yesterday I had a glass of Asti with my dinner. <laughs> it's, that, it's something that you were allowed when you were like a kid I feel I'm not a child like not to get my parents in trouble here but you know a glass <laughs> of Asti like a sweet fizzy wine so that made me feel quite Christmassy last night um I actually saw someone I can't remember where it was posted about you know this whole tier four thing is meant that people can't leave London and then you've got people with borders being closed they can't go home and all that type of jazz it's just a mess isn't it look I was reading something that if you do end up on Christmas on your own like different strategies to and um, still make it feel Christmassy and it's like they basically said still put up your Christmas decorations um get yourself a present wrap it so you've got something to open uh decide on a couple of people that you do actually want to talk to um and arrange some calls and have some routine on the day so you don't just kind of mope about and I thought it was quite nice actually because I think that there's going to be more people than ever that are going to be on their own um you know and, and actually I was thinking on a personal level I can't remember the last time I was out of the west country for Christmas really um, I, I genuinely can't and uh yeah, it's going to be quite strange to be down in the big smoke, but um, Makes hopefully it'll still be good fun. As well, the fact it'll just be you and Simone, that's a very grown-up uh, uh, Oh, excuse Hoya. me. Hoya. sorry. <laughs> sorry, the little ginger she's, smell. She's got, honestly, it's like she's our child. She's got more presents under the Christmas tree than anyone, and she's also given more presents than either of us. <laughs> I think it's quite funny that the Christmas tree, the Christmas tree, the Christmas present that I got for you guys is a hamper and it's wrapped in clear cellophane and you won't open it till Christmas day. And yet your partner is texting to ask if he can open it because he can see that there's panettone in there <laughs> and that you're not allowing him to do that. So I feel really sad for Simone at this point that he can see it, but he can't touch it. Well, it's also his, it's also his birthday on Christmas day. So I have to do quite a lot of, um, of work and I have been completely stitched up because 
I was going to wait till this week to go to the shop. Well, I was waiting till this week to go to the shops to get a few presents. I have to double up on presents and they're all closed. And, I don't and nothing's going to get delivered in time either. No, no, it will get delivered, but at a very, very expensive cost of everything. So I'm justifying the postage because I haven't had to pay the train fare to get oh, into right, London. Okay. That's <laughs> the line of I'm the gift this year. That's I am the present. My presence is your gift. So I think there'll be a few people going with that one this year. Yeah, like my dad left me a big old voicemail saying how we weren't going to do gifts this year um my dad's known for being a little bit tight so i think this is like literally what he's been waiting for <laughs> but anyway um what else has been happening there's been some big news there has been some big really news. big news i think we have to start with the news that katie daly mclean has announced her retirement from international rugby which i mean came as a bombshell to me did you have any inkling did you know I literally had zero clue, you know, and maybe people listening could appreciate this, the, the Steve Diamond leaving sale moment where the moment you saw it for the first time as you scrolled through your social media, you kind of stop in your tracks and you're like mouth opened a little bit and then you're like yeah. clicking on it to see what's going on. It was like 10 times that when I read, I was like, is this, is this real? Um, I didn't get but, it at first. I had to read like three or four like headlines because I, w I couldn't work out if people were like celebrating like her last cap I was like I don't because it was so unexpected obviously we are months away now single no, figure no. single digit months away from a, a rugby world cup and I was like I'm so confused by what's happening here yeah so over the last few weeks I think um England have released the calendar for next year it, um was a little bit last minute um and um there's nothing like a good bit of prep but anyway you know world cup year is is mad um and i think with the women's game even more so because the club game isn't professional so they get taken out of that and put into camps for much longer six nations um you know you're in you're pretty much in camp solidly for the six to seven weeks and you might get um 45 minutes off to see your family and having heard from Katie and some of the, the girls that have seen the messages on the WhatsApp group um, just didn't want to be away from her little daughter uh, yeah. Addie and I think this last year she's you know she's always been at home bed um, would do the like seven hour trip up the M1 to go yeah. back to Newcastle to make sure that she was still living in the north like every weekend <laughs> um, she accepted it but I think she's in in a happy place with her family um her wife and her daughter and and also you know katie's achieved everything in the game and like we have very very similar careers apart from she's got an mbe yeah we're just gonna go for a damehood and actually to be fair she was she i mean i scored in a world cup final she got to lift the trophy i mean so so um but but she's just done so much and and She's 34, 35 years old, and it gets to a point where, you know, in I think her interview with Kate Rowan, which was written really, really nicely by Kate, yeah, well done, Kate. But she just she just talks about how rugby is big, World Cup is big, and it's you know it, it is a massive thing. But being a mum is even bigger for her, yeah. and I don't know. I suppose it's a it's a huge call um, to do it this close to World Cup. But I know that it's not just nine months, you know every day every hour in that nine months counts 
and if you're not willing to put 110% into it and Katie has always been at a million miles an hour that's why she is as good as she is that's why she's changed the game you know not just in England globally changed the game she will not want to give less than that and she said to the girls I I can't give can't give everything um I'm out so yeah what next I mean the bigger picture of this is that England are nine months out from World Cup and and how does their backline look? Because as you and I have discussed before the pod, this isn't just about 10 now for England. This is about that 10-12 axis and what this means for for their entire game, really. Yeah, it's huge. I think, you know, Katie, people won't really know or appreciate unless you're within the within the moment on the on the field with the girls, how much Katie um, runs a game, right? On and off the field. Um, and that's not just because it's on her shoulders, but you know how she brings the game to life with her kick in and that's that's probably the biggest thing that has changed the women's game is the kick to score that Katie brought in and the cross fields the push throughs um and yeah like we have seen Helena Rowlands step in she did the France away game on a second cap and had an absolute stormer and you know I said at the start of the season that Helena is the one to watch for me mm. but I think she's on three caps and now I is going to potentially take that the you know take that 10 shirt forward into a world cup do i think that she would do a great job yes and this season she's been flying in the um in club colors but it's a big ask and it's not just a big ask for one player it's six games and it you know and if anything happens to her like that's then it's then the difficult thing And, and like you say with the 10 12 actually like say it's six games which is huge a world cup which is huge but i'm not saying that this world cup is any bigger or any different but like imagine you've got you know less than 20 caps under your belt and you're playing the black ferns at eaton park in the world cup final (laughs) you know that's that's massive like yeah and it's yeah and it's the knock-on effect to how that the whole game runs and I have no doubt like she's the most incredible girl like she's so calm she's so collected she's very bright she um she has the right personality to take this on um but like you said it's the it's the 10-12 axis so when I was playing probably early part of my career it was Alice Richardson and Rachel Burford that were kind of swapping and changing in that 12 shirt Katie was the the stalwart 10 and then and Alice played a little bit of 10. You then had um, Alice retiring with the sevens. Rachel took it on. And whilst Rachel was with sevens, Amber Reed stepped into that 12 shirt. Amber has been in and out, unfortunately, because of some long-term injuries. She's out long-term at the moment. And, and so Zoe Harrison steps into that 12 shirt, but is a 10. Um, is and that's always, 10 from the outside looking in, looked like it's a kind of Ford Farrell thing in wanting them both on the park in kind of Zoe understudying Katie. But that now means that there is a hole if she then goes into the 10 shirt, doesn't it? So it's just... Yeah, so having Zoe in that 12 channel, um, the reason they've done it is so that they've got a 10, 12, 13 that can really can really boot the ball. Um, it opens up attacking options and changes defences against England by having her in there. Um, that's what you got with Amber, that big kind of massive right boot. Um, but it's it's what happens because you've taken a massive pillar out of the ten shirt, and so there's one less pe- person in that pool of players. So you've got uh, and you've got Amber out long term injured. I'm, I have no doubt she'll come back and she'll be part of that World Cup squad. Um, probably the only other person to to put into the mix now is Meg Jones. Um, 
you know, unbelievable player, unbelievable competitor. Yeah. She is just like a Tasmanian devil um, to her detriment at sometimes because she's got injured at um, just flying into things. But she's a wonderful player. She's top point scorer in the Alliance Premier 15s at the moment. And um, she's playing 10 for, for Wasps. Do I think she's a 10? I don't think you see the best of Meg at 10. I think she needs to be one out. Um, and potentially Helena at 10 and Meg at 12 could be super exciting. Yeah. Um, so there is another player in the in the midst. But it I suppose moving on. brings us on to our next yeah. question, isn't it? Which is this huge news this week that Lotto funding is going to put uh, England, Scotland, Wales together to compete as a combined Team GB um, in the World Series events that, fingers crossed, hopefully will be taking place now ahead of the Olympics next summer. Um, I know this is something that, it, certainly from the women's perspective, you've been a big advocate for for a while now. Why is that? Um, yeah, so like when we changed into um, 2014, won the World Cup and then got the professional contracts, we actually had... Um, well, we had four players come and join us. So two Scots, two Welsh. We had um, Steph and Meg from Scotland and we had Jazz and Larry from Wales. And it was actually brilliant. Like I was great friends with Steph. She was my um, changing room buddy. And um, Vet loves it. Always, yeah. always talked about animals, obviously, because <laughs> I'm super bright. Nah. Um, and yeah, just brilliant. And you know what? It was really cool to have them involved, different dynamic, different players. Obviously, Jazz went on to, to get selected for Team GB. Um, but one of the hardest things for them was that they never got to compete with us yeah. on the World Series. Um, and we did a tour to um, Vegas, Vancouver, hell of a tour, like absolutely hell of a tour. But it wasn't a World Series. And yeah you know, Jazz got selected into Team GB having never played those top teams. And I think as much as you can train together and it does make a difference, it was just one player. And now looking, you know, when Scotland came to to the French sevens, I think it was, was it Clermont? No, where was it last year? Beerit. Um, and You were there. The, yeah, no, I know, but it's just France, isn't it? It was the French sevens. <laughs> the... But when they joined the series and they played, they stepped up and played really well, right? So yeah. it's not just about, it's giving players the opportunity to play against the best because it's sink or swim. You see a different side to players. So the year before, Wales had been the Invitational at Paris. So it's the first time they'd ever played on the World Series. And, and I don't mean this as any disrespect to the girls because there are a number of girls in that side who were pals of mine, but they were like rabbits in headlights. They were, it was like they'd won like a competition because they were walking around the hotel and they were like, I'd bump into one of the girls, I won't say who, and they were like, oh my God, I've just seen Portia Woodman. I'm thinking, you're going to have to play against her tomorrow. You cannot... <laughs> You'll see her back tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, you're going to see a lot of back of that shirt tomorrow. So it was one of those things where that I personally felt like the girls were in a bit of a hiding to nothing at that point. And, and you did feel like, you know, if it's a huge step up to the World Series, an Olympic Sevens event, what chance do the girls who aren't playing in the World Series week in, week out have? So, I yeah, like it's, it's the, it's the, um, you get to see the best from players as well. So, like for me, um, seeing Rona Lloyd on the series, um, Scottish winger, I, I was unbelievably impressed. There's a couple of other girls from the Scotland team that I thought, you know, when we've always talked about England before saying, you know, that'd be really difficult to get Welsh players and Scottish players into that side, I have no doubt there will be 
I don't think it will be a third from each of them. Yeah. Um, but I think that, you know, mainly because um, of experience, actually, yeah. I think England will tip them in experience with some of the players, some of the playmakers and stuff like that. But also I think we're going to... as a resource, like there are more players in England. So yeah. that's always going to be the case. But I, I think what excites me is how cool that group could be and look, and they now have a chance. You know, they've been through months and months of hell. The, the England girls, like, to lose their contract, to find, you know, a lot of them have transitioned to 15, so that's been easy for some, hard for others. Yeah. Training programs, having to move house, like all sorts of stuff because of the loss of contracts, um, not even knowing what's happening. So from that perspective, for, for the men and women, I'm really like really really chuffed that there's just light at the end of the tunnel for them um I suppose the other side of it from the men's point of view and you've spoken quite a lot about the sevens being a pathway within the WRU yeah, and if me, you lose that yeah I mean the 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 issue with this for me is that this is going to become the blueprint so I can see this going beyond the build-up to the Olympic Games the reality is that the three unions are in dire straits financially and and we have to kind of suck it up with lots of things that there are going to be changes to resource and all sorts because you know the unions are losing money hand over fist and the reason for that is that they are trying to support the game so we have to be you know gracious for that however they are going to want to be able to shed their own sevens program individually to combine for one in wales we've only got four teams we've got four elite men's teams and the loss of the sevens pathway for me is a massive issue i don't think that we've utilized it over the past probably four or five years as we could have done but if you look at the five years previous to that the amount of players who came through that you know reese webb is a sevens world cup winner you know, people like Alex Cuthbert, Lloyd Williams had a spell on there. George North, I think, has played a couple of sevens. But there are Owen Lane at the Blues, who's my favourite Blues player, was a great Wales sevens player. It should be used as a pathway when you've only got four elite teams competing in, you know, that, that means that you've, you've got, what, you know, 60 slots a weekend to fill with elite players. If you've got the opportunity to throw boys into a, a sevens event, you know, there are more men's sevens events anyway. I just think that's a concern for me. But then yeah. maybe, and I, this is maybe me trying to be a bit more mature about things, the financial situation of the unions, maybe we're just going to have to suck it up and realise that if we want sevens to continue for the home nations at all, it's going to have to be through a combined team, GB, going forward. Yeah. And, you know, uh, it's interesting you talk about um, Pathway because a lot of people don't quite understand where the benefits are so obviously it's on field um skill development um technical tactical physical mental you know but actually it's also playing in big stadiums it's yeah. it's playing in front of massive crowds with that are, well hopefully moving forward we get them back but those pressure moments the the pass on the money with a two-on-one that's wide at full pace you know the kick through can you gather it and score um you know can you go and play a game, switch off, you learn to recover. Everything is like... It's elite environment as well. And I think that's something that from like, certainly like a Wales and Scotland women's perspective, and we don't mean any, um, I don't want to do any disservice to like the European Grand Prix events, but you know firsthand how different they are to World Series events in terms of... Um, Actually, that leads on to a funny story about Katie. So when we went to Russia, I 
unfortunately, if any Russians listen to this pod, I don't know whether we do have many listeners in Russia, but yeah, it was the worst. We're, it, we it are was, really big in Moscow. Well, unfortunately, it was the worst tour I've ever been on. It was honest to God. It was up there with Romania, um, <clears throat> but Romania was a great party at the end. So I'm going to say Russia tips it for me. Um, odd place to play, um, weird atmosphere, like beyond weird. Um, and the food, if you've got, if you bite into a sausage and liquid bite, like creamy liquid oh. um oh, stop it. squirts out it's never quite <laughs> that kind of stays in your mind um anyway um i so i was rooming with kate and i texted her this i was like the best my best memory of katie bearing in mind i've known her for nearly 20 years uh, probably longer one of my best memories with her was um we were roomy so it was me katie and fisher and um, it was in this like halls of residence, weirdy place, no curtains, and it would never got dark. It was odd. Shower was literally like someone hand, standing there with a hose. And um, Heather kept coming in and like pushing the shower curtain on. It's like, yeah, <laughs> get off me. Anyway, Katie and I were like, because we hadn't really slept. All three of us are awful when we're tired. So like really awful. Katie like goes fiery red. I just like go like a complete drip and Heather's like emotional as hell. So we were all just like, let's unwind, let's chill out. So Katie and I were like, like really mature adults like reading our books and Heather was just like looking like looking at us through her eyebrows like is it because you didn't have a book with her anyway um she kept like trying to talk and we were like <laughs> just just leave us alone please so then Katie and I decided that we'd give her her protein pot and the tub of protein and Heather we were like Heather just read your protein tub like that that would be interesting and we convinced her for 15 minutes to be quiet because she was reading the ingredients on that and then we give her a quiz. <laughs> anyway, um, I'm assuming that's the same course. kind of like you know now that Katie's not going to be an international rugby player, she's going to be telling baby Addie to read the sides of her Ellis kitchen pouches <laughs> just so she can get 50 minutes piece. I think we should um, talk about. We've planned this week that we were going to talk about our um, three highlights each from the rugby year. Um, do you want to go first, or shall I go first? Yeah, so like the idea when I was thinking about this was because I was um, looking back and searching through my photos and um, for pictures of me. I was like, yeah, well, no, you know what, you were, you did feature. Um, so. And I think one thing that it did remind me, like I think with with regards like mental health and and how we feel, we constantly get trapped in like it's gone from bad to worse to awful to terrible and and actually there are highlights through the year it's just rem reminding yourself so just as something if you're feeling a bit down like scroll through and see what you did get up to this year I mean some people it will be a crap year like from yeah. January the 1st all the way through to December 31st but there will be times in your in your photo reel where you were having a laugh and did see people and did do stuff and and that's you know, kind of what one thing I want to pick up on that and I feel like not to get like too deep but you know one of my friends lost her mum during lockdown very unexpectedly very tragically um and she said to me last week that she has this weird feeling of guilt because she's also got a little baby and actually when she looks back on the year it's just him growing and actually her years had lots of really amazing amazing moments and she's actually loved so many parts of this year despite the fact that it's also been the worst year of her life and that to me was a bit of a lesson like yeah I had six months where I didn't work but actually I spent four months living with my mum and dad and I loved every single day of it so they I, didn't I'm, <laughs> I'm never gonna get that again as hang on do. hang on did they did you enjoy the day where you 
left the freezer door open and everything defrosted. Please don't bring that up because I feel like you've forgotten <laughs> about that. <laughs> and actually, which makes it even worse, just for context for anyone who doesn't know about this, it was the outside freezer, not the inside freezer. So it like went unnoticed for even longer. So yeah, I was in re really in the bad books. Please don't not bring quite that up. The best day, I've, like but... wiped that from my memory. <laughs> <laughs> well, looking through the photos, I'm going to start with my first highlight. Okay. Looking through the photos. Um, it's a bit self-indulgent one really about the Try Hards podcast oh, yeah. but I forgot that we'd done our first ever live podcast in Bristol um, oh, and it was epic. epic. <laughs> yeah <laughs> I was thinking it was in the autumn and um, because we'd originally like that was when the conversation had started um but yeah in the live podcast supported by Guinness um little crowd we had loads of people from Amazing. like yeah like it was just awesome and then I suppose that kind of links on to maybe my official um, highlight, because that's a little bit, um, if I say self-indulgent, um, is actually one of our guests was Sarah Cox, um, ledge referee, absolute nose. Um, and seeing her um, post a picture pulling the most ridiculous face in tiny, tiny shorts um, on the sideline of a premiership, of the Gallagher premiership game, um, just amazing like yeah. she's a brilliant friend obviously supporter of the pod um but somebody that i've literally seen from the start of her career when she was this little southwest rat bag running up and down well, i think playing rugby actually i think that's when i first saw her but then transitioning into refereeing and to go all of that journey like world cup finals in sevens commonwealth games all sorts of stuff but to see her in that role class yeah amazing love that I hadn't even thought of like any pod ones for my highlights and now it's made me realize <laughs> we did do things this year we did the battle of the pods didn't we right at the beginning with the boys which was amazing and um, that was the launch of the Guinness Six Nations and we did the um training session down at Br I say we I didn't do the training session down at Bristol but I did get a bobble hat out of it and I loved that, that was a fun day I'd forgotten about that completely I wear that hat yeah. all the time do you see yeah I wear my hat all the time <laughs> Point where people ask me if I went to Bristol Uni and I just say yes. Um, Hang on, you also got criticised by Shuan Lily Crap because you aren't you were wearing it and you're a Swansea girl. She's a Swansea Uni yeah, girl. But <laughs> just, let's just put this out there, Shuey. You still haven't sent me a Swansea one, and I'm going to say this now. My first feature of the new year is with Wales women, so I'm coming into camp on I think the third of January. If there isn't a Swansea Uni hat waiting for me then I will continue. Even I'll wear it. Them. Even I'll wear it. And I went to Cardiff. Please well, agree. Cardiff Please agree. That's not the, that's yeah, not that the is what people who went to UX say. I went to Cardiff. Yeah. <laughs> Did you? So My first highlight. Okay. My first one is going to be Scotland beating France in both the women's and the men's. It was epic. And weirdly, they took place six months it. apart. But the fact that they won both of them, I loved. The men's game, I absolutely loved because obviously there's a number of players involved in that squad who are pals, who I I just, you know, Scotland are always going to be my second team because I love the anthem so much. Um, and it just, I love that kind of silence of the slams vibe. Like when a, I know it's bad, but when a team are, are going for a title in a tournament and they're brought down by a team that on paper you wouldn't have expected to beat them so I loved that um and then Scotland women beating France women just felt like it was just mega I just loved well, it they drew, didn't they 
No, they won. Oh, did I they draw? They, no, I think they drew. Yeah, because it was a clutch kick to draw. Oh, rather God. Than okay, to well, win. okay then. But, that, but it was not still, it was basically Scotland. a win. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm chalking it up as a win. Yeah, no, which actually for rugby it was a win and and rachel yeah. malcolm's celebration unbelievable <laughs> yeah jumping in her studs in the stats oh, like the yeah. scariest thing i've ever seen yeah um that was unbelievable actually i was uh, really happy for the scotland girls i think they've really progressed the game. They they've... win that game because in my head i've like just chalked that up as like a win because it might as well have it might as well have been good point it and it was a good highlight good shout yeah I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com achieve today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. What's your second um, like? So, I'm going to keep within the West Country theme. Oh, um <laughs> because I can't go back there so I'm just going to like keep flying the flag um and the obvious one of extra doing the double I think that as much as we were like I think everyone's like oh um you know they're amazing and like oh if you win one you're going to win the other it it isn't as simple as that and it's yeah. at the end of a season in the weirdest year ever um at a point where you got to have all your bodies fit. You got to have everybody firing. Um, the way that they played, uh, Sam and Joe Simmons. I realised are the same names as my brothers after I'd commentated on the final. I was like, oh yeah, oh yeah, like Sam you and know, Joe. That's, that's like Danielle. <laughs> no, she's not. <laughs> that would be good though. But um, because um, it would mean that she's plays for England. That's why I don't know. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I just think it's class. And then the other link to Exeter, which is an absolute highlight. And I don't know, it like, it weirdly, it would never bring me out of retirement. And I've got to be careful because Susie might be listening to this and she is one <laughs> hell of a convincing lady when you get chatting to her. Seeing Exeter have a women's side and not just have a women's side, do that, do it properly. You yeah. know, they, they've got all the kit, they've got all the support. 
Um, and they play at Sandy Park. And yeah. last week they played in front of, the boys weren't playing. And yet yeah, they had, I'm pretty sure they had 2,000 extra fans. So if this, like, and also, I'm hope I, like I'm waiting for the moment that they cancel the women's fixture because the pitch isn't right, but they haven't done it yet. Like yeah. they're still doing it, and I'm like, please, please let this be a full season where the women play where they should be playing. Yeah, if they've committed to Sandy Park. They're playing at Sandy Park. Um, so yeah, that's that's. Is my there any moment. chance, like Susie rings you? She's like, I've registered you. I need a medical wild card. It's one game. You've got a month to get yourself in shape for it. My mum's probably fitter than me at the moment, so it might be the other one. <laughs> She's not even a waterman anymore, so it can't, like, she's rolling. Um, and no, unfortunately not. I, I am a wasp still at heart. Like, I, I finished my career there. Um, it's just such a shame I didn't get to. You know, the one team that I would have loved to have had a women's side um, is Bath. I would have loved to have worn a Bath strip just because, you know, the 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 history with my dad um, yeah. the fact that he played in 16 rather than 15 because they didn't have a 13 because it was bad luck um it, that would have been cool um I wouldn't have done my eyebrows for um the the year leading up so I could look like my dad as well yeah. nice. <laughs> I um I still wish that when you played for the barbars you could have worn 16 on your jersey instead of 15 but it um, would have been good too late anyway the testimonial match when i play 10 you can wear 16 that's fine Um, okay my (laughs) second highlight don't don't laugh why are you laughing i literally would love it so hard if you played 10 (laughs) can you stop laughing please this is really offensive this is my christmas wish i've asked father christmas Don't be so mean to me. I've just got this picture of you, like the biggest geek, like full long nails, hair done. I look like a show with all all tucked in, like all really neat and like the worst. Scrum cap, gloves, <laughs> arm guard. Stop laughing, you're so mean to me. Right, what's your second highlight? My second highlight is Caleb Clark's debut for the All Blacks because I think he's going to be a global superstar. I love him. I love watching him. But, you know, for me, one of the things I love about sport the most are the stories off the pitch. And his dad, Irony, was an all black himself and the pride on his dad's face and just watching him watch his son and Sky and Zed covered it so beautifully. And it just, to me, was just one of the most special stories this year. And it it came at a point where rugby started down under and um, across the Tasman in New Zealand before it started back up here. And it meant that the eyes of the rugby world were on it. And it just, for me, was just a really special moment. And again, that feeling of positivity, light in a time of darkness. And I absolutely loved it. And I also on Instagram this morning, Niall Williams was training with Caleb Clark and I was like, yeah. so cool. Um, and there was some in jokes, if you know about mass training, um, mass is maximum aerobic speed. So you basically do yeah, longer a lot of that in my pet training. Um, so there's like some in like mega lols with training. And um, she, she said that he was doing hundreds, which is like the easiest version of mass, which is really funny. <laughs> I actually did laugh about it. Um, <laughs> All right, Norse. Yeah, and actually, you know, that kind of, I was going to say, like, with the games, I mean, I suppose 
maybe not a highlight for the All Blacks, um, but the fact that Argentina did uh, beat them, again, yeah. what that meant. Um, yeah, which is pretty cool. Um, I think... I think just seeing rugby down there with fans, I think yeah. has been like this saving grace to the fact that we're not gonna we're not gonna always just see rugby in empty stadiums. Um, that's been pretty cool, isn't it? Yeah, definitely, definitely. And it also makes you feel like there's obviously question marks over the Lions next year, but you do feel a far greater level of confidence about the World Cup in New Zealand next year because of um, the way that they've dealt with it. So that's something to look forward to, I guess. Yeah. And actually just, just on a fans thing, I was thinking this isn't my third highlight, so I'm not going to use up that, but um, the England France game for the autumn nations cup being there for the highlight show and just like going wild. But the fact that there was 2000 people there um, and 400 of them NHS staff, I thought that was really cool. Um, But my third highlight, um, I'm keeping it close to home again. Um, I'm moving out of the West country and I'm getting on an aeroplane and I'm flying to Italy um, Mm -hmm. because I think the best the best time that I've had, um, and there is a rugby element to this, so it's not just about me, but um, <laughs> the, the trip over to Italy, to Lignano, to coach the Italian men's sevens fire service side Cavaliers um, was just unbelievable. Um, it was a completely new experience for me to run a training camp like that. Um, and the reason why it's a massive highlight is because I took Heather Fisher um, mm-hmm. and it's not only the first time I think to ex players or she's not an ex player, but two female coaches, ex players, um, have run and delivered a men's program at that level. I don't think it's happened before. Um, and especially in, in and around kind of tier one nations. Um, so yeah, like super, super proud of us for the week that we delivered and also to see Heather deliver, um, what she did how she did the support she gave me she blew my mind and I was just really really proud of her and it put a smile on her face at a time when it's pretty difficult with the Olympics being cancelled and them losing their contracts um so yeah it was a special week for me um brilliant to see the boys and actually Simone's just uploaded a video with some photos and some happy Christmas messages um so if anyone wants to check that out yeah one Natale that's a really lovely one that's really sweet I like that a lot um my third highlight is a kind of look back but look ahead so um again we're like flying the feminism flag and I am so excited about the pool draw for the Women's World Cup Um, (laughs) the fact that we've got essentially the three derby matches in each pool but also I guess the reason it's my highlight is the way that it was conducted in New Zealand the fact that the Prime Minister Jacinda Ardern was there as part of it that it was given so much airtime and and you know wasn't done on a shoestring budget and was like you know New Zealand were like this is the next major event in our calendar yeah and that felt no, it was good special. yeah and actually they um because they had uh they had maori singers at the start like performing and i don't know i got goosebumps watching it actually and it makes me laugh though because it like compared to the men's the men's like was slightly drawn out um the women's was more of a like like get in get out um and some of the interviews are really cool ugo and alma um hosting it um online 
uh, yeah, like I, it was weird for me that one. I think we spoke about it in the pod, didn't we? About how it was the first time watching it. And I was like weirdly nervous because nervous as a fan watching it. It's the first time I've not watched it for four rounds. Although I don't think in 2006 they had anything like that. I think it was literally <laughs> screw them up. Just in a shook a bag the day off. <laughs> you are playing. Eeny, meeny, miny, no. Um, yeah, no, I, that's a hell of a highlight, actually. And actually, and then looking forward to the World Cup, I, I just feel like they've set the tone from a professional point of view. That's definitely right. I think that the first time we've got quarterfinals is massive. Um, I said, I've done the rounds on the on the podcast this week and on House of Rugby. I, I was asked, like, are England going to win the World Cup? And Jess Breach was on it. And I was like, it's going to be really hard. And then they didn't let me finish. And Jess was like, Nolly. And everyone was like, oh, God, Nolly's not saying they're going to win. Like, this is not supposed to happen. Like, you see it is going like, to be hard. It's going to be. And that's what yeah. I think. It, I, that's what shows the growth of women's rugby globally. The fact that every World Cup is not nailed on. And there could be, you know, shot and there's going to be excitement and it's I'm buzzing for it you know who um so obviously like England smashed France when they went over there and then the the return fixture at Twickenham was like massive um France like didn't win but they should have won like it was mad um and actually my probably one of my players to watch if she stays fit um is Sansus who plays nine um for France I thought Bourdain was something special and she is, um, but she's been kept out. She's been kept on the, on the bench from Sanzu's. And I just, uh, yeah, I think France are the team that I'm really looking forward. They're like really cunning because they actually train really, really hard and don't put anything out there. They don't put anything <laughs> on social media. And then like they appeared, I remember when they appeared in 2017 and we, they were all about 10 kilos lighter. And we were like, Oh damn. Like, hang on a second girl like you it's, like, it's quite a, a little like secret place though marcusy like it's very kind of it's like this laboratory of french rugby and you kind of think what's going on there with like the men's game at the moment and stuff like that you think oh well, you think dupont right so there's like you know the the stacking up of nines in um, in France at the moment, men's and women's, is pretty cool and pretty special because it's the nines that bring the game to life if you've got a 10 that can play off that intensity. And like, do you know what I mean? Um, I think- and it also is a kind of very different position in French rugby traditionally. You know, le petit général, you know, they love kicking nines in France and they love giving a nine even more responsibility than they already have as a player. Yeah. So it's... Yeah, who was the captain? There was the captain... Oh, was it... It wasn't a river end. Um, oh, I should remember. The nine that captained against England in the Autumn Nations Cup was on, like, his third cap first ever start captain (laughs) no pressure but then did an amazing job um yeah I think I think for me France women are going to be in a really good place next year I don't think we've seen the best of them they've played around when the when the big guns came on the field at Twickenham it it made a big difference um Marjorie Mayans is just an absolute slayer in defense um still still remember so clearly when she tackled the poor Irish girl over on the HSBC series and she bombed on the field and this physio scraped it up it was so gross it was like this like me in your testimonial game you know when you um you know when you see someone like casually bend down to pick up dog poo it was like that she was casually picking up to scrape (laughs) scrape up the sick at half time gain on um she's a mum 
<laughs> yeah, like honestly. Um, yeah, and then like I think the other side of it is recently New Zealand have posted and um, some of the black ferns have posted some pictures of them training, and I'm like, you're something else. Like there was yeah. highlights. There was there was highlights of the um, black ferns top, top yeah um, top ten black ferns tries. Keep an eye out for that on their social media channels. Um, some of them are ridiculous. Um, but yeah, I, I, you know what? I feel like we're going to, we're rambling a bit. I would like to finish off on a highlight for each other because um, oh, yeah. I'm feeling, I'm feeling like I want to give you love. I, I say this in surprise every time you've done it, but <laughs> my highlight for you um, is actually not just the fact that you've given me an image of you playing 10 that honestly has brought tears to my eyes. Um, but I'm actually, I actually am well up because I thought, <laughs> um, is your, um, your features that you did, uh, for Scrum 5 over the autumn. I genuinely oh. was blown away. I think, you know, you're one of the few people, like probably the only reporter that got face-to-face -face access with a current international, current um, player oh, yeah. with Stuart Hogg, um, even though you didn't take your shoes off in his house. Um, I think it you was... have to. Um... Uh, but you've always got good sock games so I don't understand why you would <laughs> it's the one thing that you can guarantee with you um it might be part of your Christmas hamper um uh -huh. I yeah that won't be delivered before Christmas um yeah look that um the Stephen Varney piece um I may I, I think I know you weren't involved with the the test match stuff and and it will be it will be brilliant to to have you um involved with the stuff one day we will be at a test match together yeah. where you are not hidden away in the truck and we are together but you honestly the stuff you did was just class and thank you um i i was i just thought there were really great stories your interviews were brilliant and um i'm not going to shut up because i've never said this much nice stuff to you on the podcast yeah i'm i'm a little bit kind of the, the boat has been rocked um i think mine for you is probably quite an obvious one because it it's trailblazing and and this year you became i think i'm i'm yet to be correct on this but i think the first female color co-commentator on an international test match on terrestrial television in the uk which i don't think people can really perhaps understand why that's such a big deal in terms of the viewing figures that free-to-air rugby in the uk gets compared to pay tv and the fact that you did that and you know you've put yourself out there to do it and you've worked so hard to do it i don't the other thing as well and I, i've had this conversation with a few friends when they've complimented your commentary to me especially um actually after the bristol claremont game the other day a few rugby pals said to me oh i really enjoy nolly's commentary and i thought she was brilliant with jamie heaslip and she's clearly got a really good rapport with him and miles is that for you i'm a nause because the heineken cup has been a huge part of my life since i was in my early teens heineken cup weekends are unmatched for me that they they derive as you much remember every single one over the last they, they derive as much excitement for me as an international test match weekend but whilst i was putting accumulators on eight matches over the course of a saturday and getting excited about dan carter's perpignan coming to the arms park you were playing rugby and the um knowledge of the men's game in terms of fact figure 
names all that kind of stuff you've had to learn that like the rugby you know like you're one of the best women's players of all time we know that world rugby told us that last week but the additional work that you've had to do to be in that space it, for a lot of these men who retire and go into commentary they walk off the field and into the commentary box and i'm not singling any one person out but they don't do any work they don't have to or at least that's what they think you put so much work into this and you have been so good and you are getting better and you are becoming a voice of 21st century rugby in the uk and one day the world and i'm so proud of you for that you're gonna cry aren't you thanks mate um no, because I'm a little bit dehydrated, so I don't think I've got any spare liquid. You know, I, I think, um, so Mags was the first player to do a men's test match in the UK. She did the, the World Cup in 2015. I, I think, um, I, don't, I, I don't think she's ever commentated on an England international. Um, so I think that that's where maybe I'm the first. Um, I'm not sure. But I've done a, I've done a test match, an England test match on radio, but it is a different ball game when you're on... Uh, on Channel 4, and uh, it's going out to 3.4 million. <laughs> uh, it's quite a difference. And, you know, I've spoken a reasonable amount. I spoke to um, another podcast. I spoke to Lee McKenzie yesterday and um, about just the nerves I've had with commentating and the anxiety and the, you know, the, the lack of confidence, I suppose, I've taken into that space, which when I reflect back, um, should I have done it? Well, no, but was I always going to do it? Possibly, yeah, because it's new, right? It's a new field for for a female to be in, let alone an ex-player getting thrust into that. And um, no, I really appreciate those kind words because the, the one thing that I have tried to tried to accept recently is compliments. I think that you get to a point in loads of different things where you feel that people say it because they have to rather than because they want to. And I've had some people reach out to me within within the kind of peer group of the media and talk to me and help me and kind of mentor me through some of the experiences that I've had. And they haven't had to do that. They've wanted to do it. And I felt more I've felt more part of that group than I ever have in the past. And the one thing about Channel 4 that and Sunset and Vine Camry um, that delivers for Channel 4 is that they've backed me and they've given me regular work and they've also contracted me through to the end of this Champions Cup and that is the biggest difference for building confidence um, and that's where I think we need to be continuing to go and you know I've written a column that you've helped out with with some of the wording and um, so it's not a dissertation um, that will be coming out soon but we all have a responsibility moving forward to make our game as good as possible. And that's the fans, that's the media, that's the NGBs, that's the um, sponsors, brands, whoever's involved. And I think as we move into 2021, we all need to reflect on this because you've said in the past, rugby is in a position of fragility at the, is that the right word? Yeah, um, I like that word. Um, at the moment. And we need to protect it. We need to celebrate it. We need to support each other um, because change is happening. And unfortunately, guys, that means women are going to be having more of a role. <laughs> yeah. And as I keep saying to people, like if you're listening to this podcast, you've, you've tuned into loosely a rugby podcast. You are a stakeholder in this game. And, and that brings a level of responsibility and and use it and and be part of the change that you want to see or be part of maintaining the things that you love about rugby and, and whether that means bringing a friend to a match in the new year if you're going to watch a, a 
Premier 15s game, bring a friend who wouldn't normally go. If you're a, a woman who goes and watches your local Allianz team, bring a male friend who's a rugby fan and, and bring them along. But it extends beyond that because let's be honest, like I'm a blues fan. Maybe I need to bring more friends to come and watch Welsh regional rugby. You know, what, yeah. what can we all do to expand our game? Yeah. And then the other side of it, you know, it's fascinating. And Ugo spoke recently on a, um, on an XG group that I did with the RPA and that we did in their webinar, absolutely amazing um, panel. And he spoke about the fact that the amount of people that private message him, DM him saying, oh, well done, mate, for speaking out um, about whatever it was and whatever situation. And he said, look, stop direct messaging me, put it yeah. out on your social channels. Yeah. Let's let don't hide behind, you know, because it's like if one person stands up and makes a stance, it has more effect if we all celebrate it. And it's yeah. interesting because that's kind of the case, isn't it? You know, people are telling you as my friend that they like what I do. Well, they've got potentially got a social media platform. Yeah. And that's not to necessarily tag me and to make me feel good about myself, but it also celebrates it to other people. So when yeah. next person sees it, there's this reinforcement of positive messaging. Um, and that's something that I took on board. And I think that we need to, we can do more when we read something and we think, oh yeah, that's good retweet it, repost it, put a comment on it, but, you know, but make sure that there's, you know, you're adding to, instead of just adding fuel to the fire of an, a negative echo chamber, change the tone if you need to change the tone. Like if you're not happy about it, use, we've all got platforms now, but people just are scared to use them in so many different ways. So, yeah. I love that. That's a nice note to end on. Um, we will be back perhaps between Christmas and New Year to just do a special episode on what I've put in my Christmas sandwiches. We know that people have been fans of that in the past. So yeah. that was probably your best hitting podcast of yeah. uh, ever. Yeah. So um, <laughs> just to tease that one for you, my mum taught me through the selection of cheeses that she's purchased. There is a spicy chili cheddar in there, which I might put in. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm still thinking about it. I know that last year I, I feel like you, you actually are though, aren't you? Smoked cheese, um, and I'm just I'm just thinking about different things. So um, I look forward to to talking everybody through that. Merry Christmas. Buon Natale. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hold up. 